Welcome back to the Ancient Health Podcast, where we educate you on real health solutions that will help transform the way you live, feel, and overcome disease naturally. I'm your host, Courtney Versage, along with Dr. Josh Axe and Dr. Chris Motley. We're so happy you've joined us. Let's dive into today's episode. Hey friends, Dr. Motley here with the Ancient Health Podcast. And today, let's talk about strep, a hidden epidemic. And the reason it's so important to me is because in my office, oftentimes I find that patients that have unexplainable symptoms or conditions that pop up out of the blue, it is related to strep. Strep is at the bottom of the barrel. So if you have had strep in your past, if you had strep throat chronically, skin strep, lung strep, and you feel that you suffered through it in your younger years, and maybe even now, This podcast is for you because have you had in the last few years or even recently these unexplainable symptoms such as a sore throat that pops up, a chronic sore throat, chronic coughing, swollen lymph nodes, swollen tonsils, swollen lymph nodes underneath the armpits, heart palpitations, basically a high heart rate that just happens. Impetigo or the skin conditions such as rashes or rashes around the chest or throat, night sweats, fevers, hormonal imbalances. Do you or you know someone who's had pans or pandas? The reason that I mention these symptoms that come up that have, are unexplained, where do they come from? If you have had strep in your past, I would really heavily investigate if strep could have been a cause. So when we think of strep, in our culture today, we often think that strep is just strep throat. I had strep throat when I was a child. I took an antibiotic and I got rid of it, and that was the end of it. However, I kept getting strep over and over and over again. But I took an antibiotic every single time to get rid of it. But that must have been a brand new form of strep. I don't believe so. Usually, from the research shown and what I've experienced in my office, is that strep gets very resistant to antibiotics. So, more than likely, you had the same form or the same species of strep. It may have mutated, but it was activated by another type of microbe, let's say a virus or another type of bacteria. But the strep was growing so heavily in your body that all it needed was for your immune system to be decreased at a very low level and that strep would be abounding. So you take the antibiotic to kill that top layer of strep off. All the while, it's smarter, getting smarter, and getting resistant to the antibiotics. So you kept getting strep, not a new form of strep, but an old strep that just kept building up strength over years, years, and years. So we're finding out today through research that there are many different forms of resistant type strep. Even staphylococcus is very resistant. So what makes them resistant? It's their protein coats. You ever hear about a gram-positive bacteria or a gram-negative bacteria? Strep is a gram-positive bacteria. It's aerobic. Now, there may be different forms of strep that could be anaerobic, but from what I have read and what I've experienced is that When you have a bacteria that has this type of coating and they can live in an area where there is air, 
that can make them very resistant, very strong. So whenever a strep bacteria gets into the throat or gets into the lungs or gets underneath the skin, if it gets into the digestive tract, they have the ability to stick to those areas very, very securely because their coats, their protein coats, and the components of the internal membranes of their coating allows them to stick to the surface of organs. Now, a bacteria, whether it's aerobic or anaerobic, what that means is aerobic means that the bacteria can live in oxygen. And anaerobic means that they cannot live in the presence of oxygen. So if a bacteria can be very resistant, it can withstand oxygen. That means that any type of oxygen species placed on a microbe, it may have a chance to survive because it has the ability to survive in oxygen. So this can make many different types of microbes very resistant. Now, I want you to send me more information. If you are a microbiologist, if you guys study microbes and have more information about this, please send it my way because I love to keep learning and I love to have your input. Now, remember, they can stick to the surface of the organs. And when they have this coating, they're called adhesins. They're proteins that basically give them the ability to stick very hard like Velcro against the wall of the organ, and it's hard for them to be peeled away. All the while, while they are sitting in those organs, they are releasing toxicities. And those toxicities basically make their way into the organ, but also into the bloodstream. So as the strep is sitting there and cultivating, we in our diets start to eat more carbs or starches. Now, remember bacteria and certain parasites and certain microbes, they rely on your metabolism to feed their metabolism. So different forms of simple sugars have been known to raise the amount of yeast and fungus and also to help the growth of certain types of bacteria. Where the strep hides out and your diet, depending if it's heavy carb or heavy starch or laden with many simple sugars, it could cause the strep to grow over time. Remember, high amounts of sugars or carbs plus toxic environments reduce your immune system. And that reduction of immune system allows the strep to stay in a dormant state. All the while, it's pooping in your body. It's creating toxic waste. There is a condition known as a silent carrier. And the silent carrier means that a person could have strep but not show the basic symptoms of strep, like a strep throat or being that cold symptom of coughing and sneezing, being that person that's around you that you're afraid to be around because I could get sick from them. Now, that is an active form of strep. But a silent carrier state means the person can walk around and they are acting normal, they breathe normal, you would never know that they have strep. But they could spread strep to you because they have high amounts of strep in their body. For example, I have a great patient, one of my best patients, and she was talking to me about her hormonal imbalances. And when I was doing my examination with Chinese medicine points and looking at the tongue, doing some kinesiology biofeedback testing, 
I would find that in her digestive tract and around the reproductive area, according to the pressure points and the active points in Chinese medicine, that there could be evidence of bacteria, strep. And her hormonal balance was going haywire for the last two years. They found Epstein-Barr virus in her body, but they were wondering, yes, with the Epstein-Barr virus, it could mess up many of these systems in her body, but why is it that now in her lower bowel, in this digestive area, she's getting chronic bloating, chronic gas, cramping, and now she's starting to see this imbalance, heavy imbalance in progesterone, estrogen, and testosterone. Well, I went in further to investigate we asked her primary care doctor if there's any way that they would test for strep in any form, even old antibodies. And sure enough, we found out that she had strep, high levels of strep antibodies in her body, but she wasn't giving the overt signs and symptoms. She said, okay, doc, yes, I remember this. She never told me this before. I've known her for so many years. She said when she was younger, for the first 10 years of her life, she says she does not remember a day where she did not have a sore throat. Literally a sore throat. She said that she had strep so many times, over four to five times a year, that she had to take an antibiotic. And I believe she said within the span of four to five years that she had to take an antibiotic almost every single day. Now, we know that antibodies, uh, antibiotics can really harm the digestive tract because it kills off all the good bacteria and can cause yeast overgrowth. But could you imagine having to take an antibiotic every day for that many years? So these antibiotics were in the body. Now they're doing their best to try to kill off the infection. But remember, the strep starts to become resistant. She had that high level even till this day of the strep antibodies. Could have it lasted that long? I'm not sure. But research has shown that just in clinical trials and studies that they have found that strep can last anywhere from three to four days up to seven years in the body. If it's not necessarily looked for or treated, could it last much longer? Could it last for years? I believe in my opinion, yes. This is not to cause fear or panic, but if you can imagine if a bacteria or a yeast or a parasite, what if they had a certain lifespan, yes, so many days, so many months, so many years, and they die off. But what if an infection got so resistant to antibiotics and could adapt to the internal environment where it's warm, dark, it's damp, which is the lungs or the bladder, the digestive tract, and there was a constant influx of good starches and carbs and sugars to that microbe and to that body system, and there was yeast overgrowth, and there was a synergy between the infection like strep and the yeast, that the actual infection could keep thriving for many, many years. Can it go dormant? Well, apparently it can, because if a person could have strep when they're a kid in the first 10 years of life, and they have high amounts of antibodies when they're in their 60s, how long does it last? We're seeing today in microbiology, if you study microbiology, we're seeing that there are so many resistant strains of bacteria, viruses, mold, yeast, and fungus, and even parasites. They learn to adapt to live in symbiosis with your body so that they survive and thrive. So you have the bacteria with the adhesive proteins 
getting resistant to all the antibiotics. And now they are sticking around for years and years and years. And this patient, when we started to work on her strep, we put her on natural herbal antibiotics. And her primary care doctor worked with me. We started to use natural herbs. And then we started to look into the ways to clean up the yeast and candida that grew alongside of it. Then her B vitamin therapy. Then her, her mineral intake started to work. Why? Because the strep, alongside some of the yeast and fungus, the candida, were building up these plaque walls, these placking in her internal organs that were keeping her from absorbing her nutrients. Do you have a problem with absorbing nutrients? Do you have malabsorption? Do you find that your vitamin D levels are chronically low, even though you take tons of vitamin D? Do you have problems with B vitamin absorption or iron absorption? Do you have anemia? Strep, along with other infections, can create barriers from you absorbing those nutrients. Hey, Ancient Health Podcast listeners. I want you to pause for a second and tell you about my favorite drink for better metabolic health. On this podcast, we talk a lot about the importance of metabolic health and metabolic flexibility. Enter Good Idea. Good Idea is a great idea if you're trying to reduce blood sugar without sweeteners or any junk ingredients. And it tastes like a lightly sparkling water. I call it functional sparkling water because it has been clinically tested and shown to reduce blood sugar spikes after a meal by an average of 25%. It contains a unique blend of amino acids and chromium picolinate, which balances blood sugar. To get your hands on some, use my special coupon code AXE that's A-X-E at goodidea.us for 10% off your order. Again, that's goodidea.us. I'm going to drop the link and code in today's podcast notes so you can get 10% off my favorite beverage. Strep is so severe that when we talk about anemia, this is for instance, if you've had anemia, unexplainable anemia, Iron levels that are not high enough, your hemoglobin, the protein that binds to the iron, is also out of whack. Why would that happen? Why would it happen all of a sudden right now? Doctors can't give me an explanation. I have no idea why this is happening now. My skin doesn't look like it has a full color. I look pale. My joints hurt. My hair's starting to fall out. I actually feel like my heart is beating harder because I don't feel like I'm getting enough oxygen. I'm having palpitations. I'm having these different pulse rates in my body. My blood pressure is spiking up and down. If you've had strep in the past, please look into it. Why? Strep, alongside other infections like parasites like Babesia or yeast candida, act as blood parasites. That means that they can wiggle their way into your blood cells and feed off the proteins and the iron and the, and the components of your red blood cells. And when they do, what do they do? They grow. They grow and they multiply, and eventually they'll pop open those red blood cells. They spread to other red blood cells. So you start to see that they act as blood parasites. They can keep your red blood cells from maturing, and this would cause you to not absorb iron or attach to iron in the red blood cell and then attach to oxygen. So what does the heart do when it can't get enough oxygen? It beats harder. It tries to pump as much blood as it can through its tissue so that it can gain all the oxygen it can. 
and the lungs will want to absorb more oxygen so your breath rate, your respiration rate will change. So if you have strep in the blood, in the heart, in the lungs, in the digestive tract, it could lead to anemia-type symptoms. It could lead to that shallow breath. It could lead to a pulse rate, heart rate that's imbalanced. Why do I say this? Because we often see patients that come in and say, I've been to the pulmonologist for my lungs. I've gone to the cardiologist. And this is no dig or no discredit to any of the doctors that are out there that do cardiology or pulmonology. But I'm saying that when there is not an explanation, the strep is not looked at as something that could cause these conditions. But according to microbiology and the research, it definitely can have an effect on these organs. If you think about the avenue of how they get into the organs, you can breathe in strep. Strep can get in the lungs. Strep pneumonia. Strep can get in the heart. If you have chronic strep throat in your throat and you have it in your lungs, your body will do all it can to put that strep and put it into your lymph nodes. Your lymph nodes basically act as garbage cans, the toilet bowls, because they're trying to tag, identify the strep, clean it out, put it into the strep, disassociate it, disassemble it, kill it off, and then eliminate it out of the body. But if it's in the throat, if it's up here around the teeth, it's draining. It's getting into the tonsils. It's swelling up the tonsils. It's swelling up that place behind your ear, around your ear, where you keep getting those little bumps, where your child always has those hard nodules around their lip, uh, lymph nodes around their neck. They drain down into the lymph nodes that go underneath the collarbone, and those can eventually make their way into the heart and into the lungs. If you've had infections for a very long time, you can imagine that those infections get into the heart, into the lungs, into the circulation system and the respiratory system, and they can stick there for a very long time if the conditions are correct. I didn't want to raise alarm by saying it's a hidden epidemic, but I can't believe how many types of conditions have been associated with strep. It can be associated with autoimmune issues such as lupus or rheumatoid arthritis. I didn't say it caused it. It could be associated with it rheumatic fever. There are different types of conditions we have seen in our culture today, in our nation, that have to do with the strep that is abounding, and we feed it. We have EMF radiation. We have toxic chemicals in our water. We have toxic air in our environment. We have basically the burning of fossil fuels that actually put a lot of different toxic metals in our groundwater and in our soil. We have all this combination plus the toxic emotions and we have strep, which is a normal part of our large intestine. You have streptococcus mitis or mutans. You have strep pneumonia. You have different types of strep that have their place in our culture, in our world, in our bodies. They hang around in the large intestine, but they can make their way from the external, internally. They can make their way from their digestive tract, the colon, up into the small intestine, known as SIBO. And when we have all the toxicities and all the improper diet, all the stressors that cause our bodies to break down, we start to see these very, very serious conditions because of the toxicity growth, the high amounts of toxicity from the strep causing such an imbalance in the organ system. What if when the strep overgrows, that not only does it get into the heart or into the lungs, but it gets into the brain, into the brainstem? We're starting to see evidence that there are high amounts of strep or even types of staph infection that make their way through the blood-brain barrier. Toxic chemicals and heavy metals, even high amounts of bacteria and even Lyme disease, different types of conditions can make 
their way through the blood-brain barrier. And when these infections get into the blood-brain barrier, they cause swelling and inflammation. And we're starting to see that children and adults with PANS or PANDAS, this condition where it's driven by bacterial infections, where there are learning disabilities, there are anger outbursts, there is foggy brain or memory loss, there is palpitations in the heart, blood pressure problems, joint issues, even associated with Ehlers-Danos Syndrome, EDS. And there's basically cognitive dysfunction, dissociations, chronic ear congestion, chronic headaches, migraines, hair loss, sweats, hormonal imbalances that lead to dysfunction in serotonin and dopamine. And all of this can be associated with pans pandas. Why is the body weakening down so much that the strep or the staph or any microbe can make their way into their, your body and to break it down to the point where it can be so resistant to the drugs and medications and the things we have in our culture today that it can withstand it and keep thriving? We are raised in a culture, in a society that has too many high fructose corn syrup, too many fake fats, too many refined sugar amounts in our Basically, our, even our protein bars have more than 12 grams of sugar. For goodness sake, we have health food stores that say that their food's healthy and the sugar amounts are so high, they could be compared to a candy bar. If you're going to find that you want something healthy, you need to reduce the sugar load, in my opinion. I don't care if it says organic. I don't care if it's non-GMO. If it's high amounts of sugar, it could feed an infection. You need to look for more natural sugars if you're going to do it more maple syrup, more honey, but even then you got to make sure that the glycemic index of any sweetener you use is low. Now I'm sorry to go on a bit of a, a soapbox with this, but I see patients come in and they are suffering with strep or the chronic effects of strep and they don't know what happened. Well, it's because when you're young, you don't know. You, you eat anything that's in front of you or you just eat any form of sugar you can. You get the gut dysfunction. You don't drink enough water. I didn't. I didn't drink hardly any water. And I ate so much sugar. No wonder I had chronic yeast. And why did I have to fight it and work with it throughout my whole life? Because all of this was the result of my diet. I had strep throat without even knowing it. I had sore throats throughout my whole life, basically. I used to take with me a bottle of chloroseptic with me to school. My teacher let me have chloroseptic in my drawer in my school, and I'd spray my throat because my throat would hurt so bad. I almost missed school almost two years in a row. I almost missed so much school, I wasn't going to be able to pass the next grade. Third and fourth grade. Could that infection make its way up into my brain? Yes. There were times I don't remember much of my childhood. My memory. I had so much yeast and so much strep. And now I know why. So if you find that you suffer from the conditions or the symptoms that I'm talking about, and you don't know why it comes up, but if you find out that you have a, strip, a, a sore throat that comes up out of the blue, and you're like, this happens all the time. I get a runny nose all the time. My eyes had this gunk, or I have basically this rash that pops up on my throat. I mean, so many times out of the year. I'm starting to get allergies, chronic sinusitis. Please get strep checked for get the strep checked for. You can do it by doing a blood test to find out if you have antibodies to strep. You can do it in a fecal test to see if there's overgrowth of strep in your feces or in your digestive tract. 
There is a great lab that I love to use, MicrogenDX. M-I-C-R-O-G-E-N-D-X. MicrogenDX. They're out of Texas. You can contact them and you can give them fluid samples. It could be snot. It could be body fluid. It could be any type of urine. You can actually do fecal tests. You name it, they will test it for over 50,000 different types of species of bacteria. You can send that to them. When you go to a normal lab, they may not test for all the species of strep. But you want to test for them. Why? Because you could have three different forms of strep at the highest level. In fact, it's happened with many of my patients. They've gone, they said, I don't have any strep. Doc, I don't have strep. They said I didn't. From my indications, they did. I said, well, go to MicrogenDX or go to Vibrant Wellness. And I'm going to send with the show notes, I'm going to show you all the labs I like to use for different types of infection. They sent it off and found out they had four different types of strep. They were in such high levels, we were, the lab was even impressed saying, you have a very, very heavy case of strep. The lights turned on. They went, that is why I've had this brain fog, this condition for so many years. We start cleaning up the strep. They start to get their life back. There are a few good herbs that I really love that help with strep. Now, for the adults, I love to use Malia Supreme. Malia Supreme is from Supreme Nutrition Products, and it's known as Neem, N-E-E-M. It's an Ayurvedic herb that has been used for centuries to help kill off infections, antimicrobial for yeast, mold, fungus, parasites, bacteria, you name it. That or golden thread, which is Chinese coptis, golden thread supreme. It is also a Chinese herb that is so antimicrobial that kills off so many different types of infections that is, it's a very strong herb. So is neem. Those are your two heavy hitters. A third heavy hitter is morinda. It is no, known as noni, N-N-I. It's used in Eastern Asia countries. It's used in India. It's used in the Pacific Islands. It's come from the noni fruit where they take the shell of the noni fruit and they shave it and it's very bitter, but it's known to kill off many infections, multiple infections, especially in the gut. Those are your three heavy hitters. If you can find them in liquid form, you can use that in liquid form. Now they're very strong. So I always tell a patient to start up with one every other day. Don't do all of them. Choose one of them that resonates with you. Ask your primary care doctor about it. One every other day and see if you start to feel the drainage or you feel the positive effect. You don't want your bowel movements to change. You don't want your sleep to change or you don't want your energy to change for the worse. You may feel a little sluggish like you may feel a little toxic release, but you want to feel that there is a beneficial effect where you can feel some good drainage. You're like, man, I can feel that releasing the pressure off my heart. I feel that helping my stomach bloating. This is helping my heart palpitations. This is helping my ears unclog. This is helping my pans pandas type of conditional symptoms. Try those one every other day. If it works well, do one every day after a week. You want to make sure that you don't stay on the same herb for too long. After a month, you may have to switch to another herb. All this to say, if you've taken it for a month, maybe you get another test. Maybe you wait three months and do another test. I wouldn't go over three months taking one single herb because you don't want the infection to adapt. But what I found out, that's the max, up to three months, and then you may have to shift to another herb. Slow and steady wins the race. Do something very slow and do it very easily. 
And as you do that, you're going to find out that you're going to make sure that those infections don't stay dormant in your body because that's what they like to do. They'll stay in the tissue of the skin. They'll stay in the tissue of the organ. So you're etching away at it very slowly and easily. And that's what you want to do. So as you start to cleanse out the infection and you do it nice and easily, you're not only going to clear, clear up those that are active, but you're also going to help out those or clean up those infections that may be dormant, that may be insisted, maybe in cyst form that are in the tissues of the body. That's why I say you have to keep going after it. If you've already had the antibodies build up, you have to keep going after it. Eventually, keep getting the test and seeing when your antibodies start to reduce. Your symptoms start to reduce. I say this, it is good to find a good strep literate doctor. And if you find that strep literate doctor, you want to work with them because you want to stay on top of it. But you can look at Supreme Nutrition Products. You can look at many different health reviews and find out that you may have to stay on different herbs for a few years to cleanse it up. But keep steady. Use these labs to keep testing to get these things knocked out. Remember, information is key. That is gold. If you find out why you're having your symptoms, you start taking these herbals to help clean them up. Also, lighter herbs such as Elysium, I-L-L-I-C-I-U-M, which is star anise, or scutellaria, which is Chinese skullcap. You can use these as lighter forms of infection fighters. The liquid forms are great for children. These are good liquid forms for children to help clean those areas up if they have chronic strep. You need to make sure that you increase vitamin C, vitamin D, vitamin K, and vitamin A, multiple minerals. You need your minerals. And you ought to make sure that these vitamins are at high levels and these minerals are high levels and at good balance levels. And you want to make sure you can take a vitamin B complex that your body can handle and methylate and process. It may take some time to find it, but find the B complex that doesn't give you the jitters or the shakes and find the one that will not turn your piece so yellow, the one that gives you energy. When you get those combinations plus the herbs, you'll start cleaning up that strep. Guys, I hope this was an informative podcast. Please look for strep. It could be one of the causes of your many conditions. And I hope that when you start to identify it, that it gives you hope and gives you strength. So from us here at the Ancient Health Podcast, we say thank you. Have a great day. And until next time, we'll talk soon. Hey, Dr. Axe here. I want to say thank you so much for listening today. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to like and subscribe to the show so you don't miss a thing. Also, if you're in search of more natural health content, you can follow us at Health Institute on Instagram or subscribe to our newsletter using the link in the show notes below. Hey, thanks a lot and have a blessed week.